Welcome in. It is a Wednesday. And this is the Sports Huddle on SEMO ESPN Radio, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM and online worldwide at SEMOESPN.com. Eric Sean and the Missouri Sports Hall of Famer, Jess Bolin, inviting you to join us here in the huddle. <coughs> if I don't cough up a lung, uh, our EBOMD huddle hotline number is 573-334-1220. 573-334-1220. The huddle hotline powered by EBOMD. Jess Bolden in the house. Still raining out there? No, it uh, looks foggy. Kind of like London. You ever been to London? That would be a negatory. Mm. I haven't either, but I got a London fog jacket. Yeah. It qualifies me to know the fog as related to London. Yeah. And I also saw Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. We are all set. And uh, what was the name of that movie? European Vacation. Throat Slasher. Throat Slasher. Yeah, Jack the Ripper. Oh, yeah. Jack the Ripper. I saw that movie, too, so. I'm well aware of the fog in London. There are a bunch of movies about Jack the Ripper. Yeah, lots of versions. Yeah. So uh, we had good news with the Blues last night. We had bad news with the Missouri Tigers. They are just not very good. Uh, College Station's a tough place to win. Mizzou now 0 and 6 in the SEC What's amazing to me, Jess, Texas A&M shot 29% from the field, 22% from three. They were six for 27. They shot under 30% at home and won by six, 63-57. Missouri, now remember... I brought it up on this show that they're a good free-throw shooting team. They don't get to the line, though. How did Texas A&M win this game? Shooting 29%. They outscored Missouri from the free-throw line 27-7. to Hmm. Well, that seven free-throws leads me to believe, which I haven't even watched Missouri, but it leads me to believe that Missouri just stands out there at the three and pops. They don't do any aggressive movement. Because let's face it, you don't get fouled much on jumpers. It's when you drive to the paint, into the congestion. And uh, Missouri just must not do any of that. Now, considering, I'll give you, I'll give you two theories here. Can you give Dennis Gates a pass for this year? Because when he came in last year, nobody was expecting much of Missouri. He took them to the tournament, and they won a tournament game. This year, it's going to be awful. They're just not very good. But with this caveat, he has a top-five recruiting class in the nation coming in. Well, sure, you give him a pass. You know, I mean, he he gave it one really good year. And it looks like possibly next year could be a really good year. So, yeah, I don't think you'd want to get rid of him or anything like that. I think he's a classy guy. 
brings a lot of respect to Missouri in that way. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not saying I, I, I think they're going to fire him, but he's going to feel some heat. But with this well, but, huge yeah, recruit- Who cares about that? We all feel heat. Yeah. I used to get ripped to every game out there on the right field hillside. So, and then told about it after the game. When I try to drive through the ballpark to go home, they stopped me. <laughs> so, that's that part of the game. You you know, you live with that. Don't even, it don't even phase you. You can ask Coach Card or Tuke or anybody else. That that criticism is, you're going to get that if you're 9-1 and one or whatever. So why'd you lose that one game? You barely won two more. <laughs> so, that's that's nothing. So a tough night for the uh, for the Mizzou Tigers, and following this, uh, and you go down the list. They've got to go to South Carolina. They're going to be an underdog in that game. They've got Arkansas at home next Wednesday, and Arkansas is not very good. Arkansas, I think a lot of people thought they were going to be good. They are not. Maybe. You get a chance to win that game. They go to Vanderbilt February 3rd. Maybe, well, who cares? Maybe you when you're win this bad, yeah. a win against anybody's not going to raise any eyebrows. You're due to win a game. They're not going to do anything in the league standing, so it's a moot point that whether you win a game or two. Kim already texted me, my daughter. Missouri's hard to watch now. She's taking her tiger off her Jeep. Wow. <laughs> That's really bad. <laughs> well, you can keep the tiger on there. No, I mean, she took it off. You know, the tiger represents football and baseball. I was going to say, it's not just, it doesn't just represent men's basketball. <laughs> Maybe it was one that just represented basketball. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I'll see it. I would have seen it Does next, she have a tig- next week. Does she have a tiger tail? I have no idea. Have you seen what those she's got. stick out of yeah, the trunk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so um, the Baseball Hall of Fame, Jess, we have three players that were elected by the baseball writers. Beltray, no no problem. Um, for me, borderline Helton, borderline Marr. I agree, they're borderline guys. And... <clears throat> Maurer barely made it in. He got in 76% of the vote for Maurer. He needed 75. Helton got 97, or I'm sorry, 79.7. And then Beltre, 95.1%. You know, here's the thing with Maurer for me. I know there's a lot more analytics that go into it now with some of these newer voters. You know, the the old guard, the old-time baseball writers are kind of moving off the scene, and you're getting some new blood in there, and so they break down a lot of different numbers. That's one thing that helped get Scott Rowland in, Ted Simmons in, Joe Maurer Final six years of his, or final five years, I believe, of his career, he did not catch. He had that bad concussion, and so he played first base. Okay? So all the numbers that he compiled, they weren't all as a catcher. Now, I think one of the big things that got him in 
two things. First of all, he's won an MVP. Secondly, he won three batting titles. But if you just break down the numbers, it's a catcher now and first baseman, 143 home runs, not very many, and 2,123 hits, but a career 306 hitter. But let me ask you a question. 2,100 hits. Do you think Yachty Molina is a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes. Why? Primarily because of defense. If you go by the numbers, he's not. He's not a Hall of Famer. What he's, he's greatly credited for is shutting down the running game and his handling of his pitchers and stuff like that. Would you agree? Yes. Well, that may not come up if you do analytics. That is a personal thing with the Cardinals that that is really highly respected and all this. I don't know if analytics would say that, though. You know, it's, it's not anything on paper. He's never won a batting title. He never led the league in homers, never RBIs. So you can go by numbers and say he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Now, a stolen base percentage against him, that would be something that would go into the analytics. But did he He never hit 30 homers. I don't think he ever hit 25 homers. I think he hit 20. I know he hit 20 one year. He's never driven in even 80 runs, I don't think. Maurer hit over... 20 home runs once. I know Molina hit 20 homers once because the Cards had six or seven guys with 20 or right, more, right. and he was on the list. But M- Molina's going to get in. Yeah, he will, I'll, and I would vote for him. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm just saying just, by if, numbers. If he, you're just breaking down numbers, Ozzie Smith is in a Hall of Famer. Well, I don't know. He still wound up with 2,500 hits, and he was the best fielding shortstop in all That's of That's why he's in. Sure it is. Sure it is. It, and that's okay. That's okay. That's, I think Jim Edmonds ought to get more that, consideration. That's what will get Molina in. I think Kenny Barrier should get more consideration, and he may, you know, since they went to a different way of judging or scoring on an athlete. I think analytics is good for baseball. The research of what it, the exact value of that guy was. Now, the exact value of Molina on the Cardinals is immeasurable. He was just top of the line. But would it be that much importance to anybody else? You know, because they have the numbers. He hit, what was Molina's highest batting average? Around 287, something like that, ever? He never hit 300, not to my knowledge. I'm just I'm not arguing against Molina going in on first ballot. I think he will. But I think you could debate that he shouldn't. Two thousand eight, Molina hit three oh four. He hit over three hundred four times. Oh, that's good. That's better than I thought. Most home runs. 22 in 2012. He hit 20 in 2018. So he has 176 home runs. He is a career <clears throat> 277 hitter. And his on-base 327. 
OPS 726 in his career. And his throwout on base dealers ratio was good. And he did shut down a lot of teams wouldn't even run against Cardinals. And he was a great handler of pitchers and really good with young pitchers. So you put all that in there, you know, there's, you could vote for him first ballot. But you also could debate that he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. There will be people that make that case. Sure. Guaranteed. Sure they will. And I hope he gets in because there's nobody in baseball that ever played that gave more heart to the game than Yachty. He was in it. He's very intelligent. He's got a lot of things that probably would be a good manager. But I don't know that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I would have voted for him, though. I wouldn't have voted for Todd Helton. I wouldn't have either. I wouldn't have voted for Marr. Those two, to me, were very, very good ball players and everything. But to me, I don't think Hall of Famer, just like Baines, I don't know, when LaRusa got him in. Harold Baines is not a Hall of Fame baseball no, player. No, he's not. And But he's in there. Helton had 2,500 hits. He's a career 316 batting average, 369 home runs, 1,400 RBIs, on base of 414. But if you break down his numbers, Jess, at Coors Field, he hit 345. On the road, 287. Home runs, 227 at home. 142 on the road. I mean, Coors Field. And trying to think, okay, go back to just look at his numbers once the, and I did this, as far as home runs go. Okay. In 2002, the humidor burst onto the scene. At Coors Field. The previous two years, Helton in 2000 and 2001, he had 42 homers and 49 homers. Humidor went from 49 down to 30. And the rest of his career, he only hit 30 one more time after. Or so two then more times we know that. that playing in Colorado greatly enhanced his performance. Yes. Greatly. And you think, well, if that's the case, what if a guy like Santo or Kenny Boyer, Santo's in the Hall of Fame now, I know, but would he went in a lot earlier if he had half his games played in Coors Field? It, it's so you got to take that in consideration, too. If you're going to do analytics, that's why. why yeah. Yes. Why yeah, is you, the guy so good at home, but not so good on the road? So you, they're giving him a lot of credit. To get him in there. You know, I don't know. Do you think analytics valuations now, a guy that is borderline gets in easier? Yes, because yeah. I right now <clears throat> the Hall of Fame is turning into a big room, not the small room. I think so, too. And old school people like you and me think it, it's a small, it needs to be a small room. It needs to be more precise on... 
production. It's still the best of the pro sports in terms of hall, halls of fame. I mean, take the NFL. They're going to put six players in every single year. Every year, six go in. A minimum requirement? What if they're not good enough? Yeah. But you have to put in that many. Baseball's not like that, and I don't like that about the NFL. I don't either. And I I hope Torrey Holt gets in this time. They're dwindling it down. I think he made the top, what, 15? Torrey Holt. Anyway, um, final year on the ballot, Jess, for Gary Sheffield, 63.9. He won't be eligible until one of those committees will review Sheffield in 2025. So Sheffield misses out, and I mean, it's got to be steroids because his numbers are Hall of Fame worthy. When he was in his prime, were there many more feared hitters in the game than Gary Sheffield? He was going to hit a rocket somewhere. He was an intimidating presence in the batter's box that bat Well, wave. it comes down to this, too. Who would you rather have? If you're building a big league ball club, who would you rather have? You got either one, but only one, Helton or Sheffield. Oh, I'd take Gary Sheffield. I would, too, in a heartbeat. And you can say, well, one plays one position, one plays another. Well, it doesn't matter what what degree of improvement does he make on your scale of getting players that you can actually win with. Sheffield was one of the best hitters of his time. I never seen a guy in my life that would shake that bat around as much as him and still be right on time with a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. I mean, he just used to hit <laughs> he lasers. Dance, dance in that batter's box. But so, all at once, the pitch is coming, bam. So How many ever, people could hit like that? Him? Yeah, him. How many could hit like Stan Musial with his stance? Him, you know. But if it works for you, it works. And it worked for Gary Sheffield. Gary Sheffield, a career, and keep in mind, 22 years in the big leagues. Career 292 hitter. That's really good. 509 home runs, 1,676 RBIs, and a career OPS of 907. Compare those numbers to Baines. That was Hall of Fame. Yeah. How, how about does his number stand up against Baines? Oh, every category. Sure. It's not right, really. I mean, I think you could debate some of these topics of some of these players, and I don't know how somebody could beat you if you took Sheffield over Helton and you took Sheffield. Uh, who was the other one we was talking about? Sheffield and Mauer. Yeah, but somebody else we thought should make it. Sheffield and somebody else. But you were talking about it. I wasn't half listening. But there's a lot of guys I think should be in there. If you look at Kenny Boyer's numbers against Ron Santo, that Boyer was an MVP. He was an outstanding defensive third baseman, could run. Big guy, 6'3", but could fly. Um, he's multi-all-star. 
um, hit a grand slam in the World Series just to win one game by himself. They were trailing three nothing. He hit a grand slam off Al Downing. Harry Carey didn't like him. No, he didn't. <laughs> so Sheffield, and it, if you go read the steroid story about Sheffield, off-season workout, he was working out with Barry Bonds, trainer at the time. He and Bonds were buddies, and he said he was given the cream by Brian Anderson and that he he was not told that it was a performance-enhancing illegal steroid cream. Now, if you believe him, but that is what is tainting Sheffield. It's what's tainting Alex Rodriguez. <clears throat> he didn't get in. And Billy Wagner, Jess, and it, it makes me mad. Billy Wagner, his second to last year of eligibility, 73.8. He was five votes shy of mm. 75. Well, he'll get in next year. I believe that. More strikeouts than any left-handed reliever. Yeah, you can't let a guy like him slide by and then go to the Veterans Committee. He's He was legitimate Hall of Famer. Here's the problem with Wagner. Because He's 5'8". Because I've heard people... That's one of the problems. I've heard people making the case against Billy Wagner. In the postseason, he pitched in 14 games spanning from when he was 25 to when he was 38 with the Atlanta Braves. In 14 postseason games, he has a postseason ERA of 10. He was not good in the postseason. But well, that's that's a small sample size, and that's the only knock you can put yeah, on Billy Wagner. Yeah, you know, Wagner. in other words, for a batting title, you only count regular season. For a lot of things, a lot of awards, you only count regular season. Most valuable players, all that stuff's voted for for the playoffs. So if you go into the play, let's say that Billy Wagner gets to the playoffs one time. And he's very effective. Every time he comes in, he's just um. But one inning, one inning, he gives up a three-run homer, and he's got five or six innings pitched in that playoffs. His own run average is not worthy to be a Hall of Famer because of that one inning. See, that's ridiculous to me. What's his overall volume of work? What is, how many saves does he put up? How many games does he help you win in a regular season? Now, I'm not against counting playoff numbers. I'm not against that. It's just that some things in baseball, they don't count in the playoffs. Some things they do. Like in this balloting for Hall of Famers, a lot of people, that's a big issue. And earned run average is really something that is, believe me, I know what I'm talking about on this. I've had pitchers for me that their earned run average wasn't very good. But they were outstanding pitchers. Oh, come on, mention one by name. And he may listen to the show. I don't know. But Matt Palmer, you remember him? He pitched for Southwest Missouri. And you may know of, know him. But Matt Palmer pitched for me, and his run run average was terrible. It was terrible. Because he'd say a long pitch, eight shutout innings, all once, give up three runs. 
you know, and that that just means his arm run average is three five for that game. And he was so effective, uh, but his arm run average never would stand up for me. Now he made the major leagues and he pitched for San Francisco and California Angels. I think he was in the majors eight years. But so some numbers are, you know, misconceiving. I mean, you just don't measure up to the guy. Billy Wagner is that type of guy. Those playoffs wouldn't affect me whatsoever if I was on the voting committee. Career ERA for Wagner. Nine hundred innings he pitched in eight hundred fifty three games. Career ERA two thirty one. Yeah, see those are the numbers I'd count right there. Uh, look how much you're talking about, how many innings his whip know. was under one and in <clears throat> nine hundred innings, Jess, he had twelve hundred strikeouts. In nine hundred innings. He would just blow you away. But I've I've heard it debated, and his playoff numbers come up. Yeah, and he was just that close. So you would think that Billy Wagner will get in next year. And a lot of these people that that vote and they they come out of college and, and they're very smart people. Maybe never played the game. And that's okay too. I don't think you have to play the game to be very intelligent about the game. But. I think sometimes they go overboard on being too smart, if you know what I mean. That they over-examine some things and over-evaluate some things. Whereas if you played on the field or you managed or you coached or with stuff like this, you'd know the difficulty of hitting 300 in a big league season. You would know how hard it is to hit 20 homers, have an on-base percentage of 340. You'd know all these things. If you never played the game, and it's there's going to be people who don't like what I say. I don't make it. You don't make you smarter by playing or coaching or managing or anything. Like that. It doesn't make you smarter, but I think you understand the difficulty of some of the numbers that they're evaluating cheaply. And Billy Wagner is one of them. What he did over his career is what designates a Hall of Famer. Not what he did in playoffs in short or small sample size. But that's what you got. These people that do analytics, they really research it. I'm not knocking them whatsoever. They are credit to the game. But I think sometimes you need to back off and go old school on some of these things. 385 writers cast ballots. And just one guy... And his name isn't released. Probably didn't have him top ten. He sent in his ballot. He voted for A-Rod and Manny Ramirez, and that's it. Yeah. Are you freaking kidding me? I don't know how many points you get you can, for you first can, You ballot. can vote for ten players. Yeah, but how many points you get? You get ten for first if you're number one? No, you, they either vote your name or they don't vote your name. But there's no valuation if you... Got, got more number ones. It's just how many you got. Yeah, how many votes you got. Oh, well, yeah, if he vote for two people and you left eight possibles off, there's why people that... So you're, you're, t- you're like, telling me that guy doesn't think that 
Adrian Beltre's Hall of Famer. Well, look, unusual. He didn't get a unanimous. The vote. only unanimous vote in the history the, of the voting. Rivera, isn't it? Um, Mariano Rivera. Yeah, that's it. Jeter <clears throat> fell one vote shy of you being a unanimous. And vote. You know why they didn't get the unanimous? It's because some writers had this bizarre theory: nobody should go in. Nobody should go in on first ballot, so they wouldn't vote for it, even though they'd vote for his second year. <laughs> Tell me about that nonsense. Well, back in the day, it took five years for Joe DiMaggio to get voted yeah, into the Ted Hall of Williams, Fame. Ted Williams, he couldn't be a first, first but ballot. But Phil Rizzuto is in the Hall of Fame. Pee Wee Reese is in the Hall of Fame. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Gary Sheffield, it's got to be the steroid tinge because... His numbers are there. Um, Andrew Jones, just 61.6%. So he fell shy. And if you go back and look at the last six years of Andrew Jones' career, he fell off a cliff. When he first started, yeah, he, he was great. Yeah. And his defense. But it's still in the overall numbers is pretty good. Over his last six years, he hit 214. One of the best defensive center fielders ever. Keep in mind also with Hall of Fame voting, Jess, back in the day, there were 23 writers that did not vote for Willie Mays. Are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) Now, eyeball test, not a Hall of Famer. Please. Let me ask you this. In all, all your study of the game, I'm talking about all the way back as far as you remember or as far as you've ever looked into books or studied, who do you think, or who's your opinion, as the very best hitter in all of baseball history? Barry Bonds. Okay. Well, then I could take, if I want to debate, Ty Cobb. He won 12 batting titles. He won eight straight batting titles. So it's 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 a matter of opinion who you know who who is the best and some of these writers that couldn't vote for a guy until the second or third ballot or like DiMaggio you talk about come on you know you need to be doing something else. Babe Ruth was not a unanimous selection. Cy Young was not uh, a unanimous New selection. Williams weren't no Te- and Ted Williams, Ted Williams could be in the conversation. As the best hitter that ever lived. Yes. I mean, he sure could. I mean, he put four years, over four years in the in the Air Force, right in his prime. Korean War, yeah. So, he, and I saw he, him he, bat. He, he would have hit 700 home runs had he yeah, not I gone to the war. I saw him bat, Eric. He was 6'4", destroyer. Man, a big man. And, and, and then also he could hit 350 as an average. He was He was a tremendous hitter. Former Cardinal Carlos Beltran fell way short, just 57%. And I see no other reason that he got such a low mark other than the Houston Astros <coughs> cheating scandal. That's it. That's why. Because yeah, Carlos Beltran, you want to look at his numbers, he is a Hall of Fame baseball well, player. Well, would you rather have Harold Baines, oh, <laughs> Beltran, or any of these guys 
it's and that's the way I have to look at it. You know, compare somebody to someone else that's in there. Oh, by the way, I never mentioned Gary Sheffield stole two hundred fifty three bases as well. Yeah, he was he was a great ball player. Carlos Beltran, twenty seven hundred hits, four hundred thirty five home runs, career two seventy nine hitter. 1,587 RBIs, 312 stolen bases, switch hitter. He's a Hall of Fame player. How long do, does the does the Astros scandal stick with him? For the rest of his life. You think it's going to cost him the Hall of Fame? Mm, that's a good question. I don't know. I think, uh, you know, this country is a forgiving country, I think. They will forgive you for almost anything if you give them time. But I don't know how many more years he got on the ballot before he goes into the... Don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know if this was his first year. This may have been his first year. I think he might. Yeah, I think he might build it up. And, you know, there's a lot of... He paid a big price, man. He lost his his managerial job at the Mets. I I know. Before he even managed the game, they had to make a move. So now... And that may hurt if, some of the Astro players that were involved in or played in those years. I submit to you the case of Jose Altuve. There you go. Now, That's it, what I was thinking. Now, of. Altuve... You know, Bregman is not a Hall of Fame player. Now, could he work his way into being in the conversation? Sure, but not right now. Jose Altuve is a Hall of Fame player. How is it going to work for Altuve, who, by the way... Is a career 307 hitter. He just got over 2,000 hits. He's got 293 stolen bases. Jesse has an MVP, three batting titles, six silver sluggers, two World Series championships, a gold glove. This is a Hall of Fame baseball player. He's hands down Hall of Fame. So what do you do I, but I think it as a voter when he, when he finally comes? It's going to be a few years. Will he scare away voters simply because of that scandal? He won't be a first ballot Hall of Famer because of that. That's uh, th- this is just my opinion, but I think he'll get in. But it may be like the third year because he's still got numbers to put up. It's not like he's done. You know, he's, he's going thirty-three. To, he's going to improve right. on those numbers, and those numbers you read just a minute ago. How it would qualify him for me. But some of these guys, there's three guys that's going in from this year that we mentioned, and to me, only one should be going in. I agree with you. Beltre. And, oh, by the way, in the playoffs, in his career, Jose Altuve, 27 home runs the little dude 27 he is a big time player on the big stage he is, he is so he really qualifies in every direction you want to go and he actually he's one of the best be, second basemen if he ever. continues let's say as 33 may let's say he has three more pretty good years the numbers are going to be a lot better on home runs and maybe not so much on stolen bases, but RBIs, stuff like this are going to be better than yet. Now, his on-base percentage could go down 
in his last years. It just depends on how many years he plays because it's going to, de- you know, decrease every year probably. But he's got the numbers now to get in. But that will hurt him. The The scandal of the cheating will hurt him. And I don't know how much it helped him, but the actual cheating, if it helped at all. It wouldn't help me because I remember base stealing, I mean, uh, sign stealing has been going on the, since baseball started. And I remember back when I was playing that there was guys that were really good at stealing signs. I never was good at stealing signs. I never did. I never did try. When I batted, I didn't want to look like a fool any more than normal because I was told there's a fastball coming and it's a curve. <laughs> you imagine how, you know, and another thing that affected me, I always afraid, was afraid to take those signs from guys because I, I bunted a lot and stuff. And you're in a prone position when you bunt of getting out of the way of the pitch. And I could just see if I was told a curveball was coming and it was a fastball up and in, you know, you could get really injured. You get killed as far as that goes. Fastball up in your head area. So Ray, I didn't want, I never did want to know. Ray, what, Ray Chapman. Yeah, I never did want to know what's coming. And But, but some guys, and undoubtedly, there were some guys on that Astral team that benefited from that. So I tell you, one guy that's really good at that kind of stuff right now is Simo's hitting coach, Trevor Ezell, about signs and also pitchers tipping pitches. Okay? I'm not going to say what school it is or the player, but Ezell watches video Hours upon hours. And they already knew when they're going to face this guy, one of the best closers in the OVC, he tipped his pitches. He found a tell on this guy. He had been mowing through the league, and Simo crushed him because because of Ezel, and they knew. That's one thing I could always do. It's legal. You can pick it up. I had uh, some kind of gift on that myself. I could always tell when a pitcher is – he goes against something he's been doing for three innings and all at once, you know, you see something that's different and it's on certain pitches, certain certain habits. A guy, one time is little things that sometimes they didn't even think about would affect you. But there was one pitcher pitching against one time that he would go to the bill of his head every time he's going to throw a curveball. Every time. No other time would he go to his head. And I picked that up and I watched it after three or four innings, and I said, when you're batting, if he goes the bill of his hat as he's standing on the mound after he gets a signal, it's going to be a curveball. And you remember the time in, I don't remember where it was at, but Jamie McAllister, I told you what pitch is going to be, either a breaking ball or fastball, about, what, about 13 out of 15 and you could tell he was tipping his They pitches. didn't think I knew what he, you know. And he pitched for me. And he pitched for Simo. In fact, he pitched for me before he went to Simo. And Simo actually saw him pitching for me more than in junior college, probably. But good pitcher. Good stuff. But went to Clearwater High School, hurt his arm, which is why he became a sidearm pitcher. And was effective. Yeah, he was. So, one of the... 
rules in Hall of Fame voting, Jess, if you receive less than 5% of the vote, you drop off the ballot. Matt Holliday got 1%. He had four votes. So Matt Holliday is now officially dropped <clears throat> from the ballot. <clears throat> well, he probably I think that's should. what happened to Edmonds. Probably should, really. But you got guys that are... Uh, there was... There were a couple of national writers that wrote articles supporting Chase Utley. Now, Utley got 28.8% of the vote, and I'm sorry, Chase Utley is just not a Hall of Fame no, player he's for not. me. Just very, here, very good player. Yes. But they've watered he down. Even, he didn't even have 2,000 hits. I'm sorry, but they've watered down the Hall of Fame. 1,885 hits. Don't you agree they've watered down the yes. Hall of Fame? They are making it a big room, yeah. and it needs to be a small room. <clears throat> but if you go back and look at some of the old timers, there are guys in there that don't have Hall of Fame numbers. They just don't. Bill Mazeroski, <laughs> sorry. He hit a big home run for the Pirates, a walk-off winner in the 1960 World Series. But he's not a Hall of Famer. But a lot of voters go by those big moments. Yes. And there again, that was in the playoffs. That was in the World Series. And I, I, I firmly believe that if you're going to, if you're going to vote for MVP, of course, the, the white reason why they don't go for voting for MVP on playoff games, that's taking away numbers for a guy that's unbelievable hitter, an unbelievable player that doesn't get, like Ernie Banks, doesn't get to the World Series because the rest of his team is not nearly up to the standards of him. And that's why they do that, because the guy's got more opportunities to shine on the big stage. And on the big stage... Carlos Beltran was a monster right. in the playoffs. So don't a monster. What I'm saying is, don't do it for some things and not all things. In other words, a discrepancy of not being able to count playoff stats. There's a lot of guys, just like Billy Wagner. If you didn't count his playoffs, he'd probably be in the Hall of Fame now. So either count them or don't count them. So, in my opinion, you know, on MVP and everything else, but but I can understand them not wanting to get extra points for doing well in the playoffs, and a guy like Ernie Banks maybe was thirty percent better than you in the regular season. In his career in the playoffs, Beltran was a three oh seven hitter, hit sixteen homers. Jess in sixty five playoff games, sixty five. Carlos Beltran had sixty six hits. There's a dude who shined on the big stage. Remember in 2004 when he got traded to the Astros, he hit eight home runs in the playoffs. You couldn't get eight. him out. I remember watching how hot he was, and you just, I thought, what? You can't pitch to him at all. I mean, kind of, you'd have to. It's like David Ortiz. Every time he swung the bat, it was a bullet. I mean, it was unbelievable. So Matt Holiday off of the ballot. And I will submit to you, Jess, some names 
of guys, when are we going to have another unanimous Hall of Famer? I'll run some guys by and you tell me if they are worthy. Quick timeout, the sports huddle. Coming right back on SEMO ESPN. It's the Sports Huddle, SEMO ESPN, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, and online at com. So, Adrian Beltre, just 95% of the vote for the Hall of Fame. Next year will be the first year of eligibility oh, in 2025. The first year of eligibility for Ichiro Suzuki. How do you not vote for Ichiro first ballot? Is Should he be a unanimous pick? Oh, I don't know about unanimous, but he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Ichiro, 3,089 hits. Career... In the majors? Yes. I ain't interested in any did in Japan. No, this is Major League Baseball, 3,000 hits. 311 batting average. 509 stolen bases. And a career on base of 355. He scored 1,400 runs. I don't care about any of those numbers, okay? If you compare him to Stan Musial... 3,630 hits, 475 home runs, and a 331 lifetime batting average, and he can't get in uh, unanimous, then each row's not got the numbers to do it. That's all I can say. He's He's got the numbers to be a first ballot. I don't know... MVP and for me to go ten gold gloves I, for Ichiro. I know he's got all those numbers for our first ballot, but and keep in mind he didn't come to America to play baseball until he was twenty-seven I know, years old. I know, and if he did, if he came at twenty-two, it, the numbers would be off the charts. But he didn't, and I only go by what you did in the major leagues. And Seven times he led the major leagues in hits. Oh, didn't he get 262 hits one year? Yes, 2004, an all-time all so record. There's no question. But you asked me if he's unanimous. No, he's not. Not to me, he's not. I'm sure he is to you. I just don't know how you don't vote for him. So that's Suzuki. And then, Jess, in 2028... Albert Pujols will be on the Hall of Fame ballot. Could he be unanimous? Boy, if anybody could be unanimous, he would be there. Yeah. He could possibly, you could debate that he might be the best right-handed hitter ever. But now, if he, you want to debate that, I'll throw Rogers Hornsby in there and we'll have a debate. Hit 400 twice at least. I remember 424 one year. But unanimous, that's the way I look at it. Not that they're not good enough to be unanimous. It's if I go in history and look back and Ted Williams, Willie Mays, uh, Henry Aaron, Stan Musial, all these guys were not good enough to be all unanimous about it. Well, then he's not either. 703 home runs. Only Hank Aaron has more RBIs than Albert Pujols. He's got to be unanimous. 
Well, Sorry. No, he don't. He don't have to be unanimous. He probably won't. That's in 2028. And again, looking back the first 10 years of his career in St. Louis, and that is compared to the first 10 years of every other player who's ever played the sport, compare the numbers. 408 home runs first. No one had done that. 1,900 hits in his first 10 years. Second all-time behind Al Simmons, who had more in his first 10 years. 1,186 runs scored second behind Ted Williams. 1,230 RBIs. So break down those numbers per year. At 10 years, 408 home runs. So he averaged 40.8 home runs a year. Average. And those RBIs, he averaged what? What did you say? Twelve hundred thirty. So, so he averaged one hundred twenty-five to thirty RBIs every year. Every single year. Every year. Uh, yeah. If if anybody's going to be unanimous, how I don't know how you could not vote for that. Okay. Fourth in home runs, but, second in RBIs, ninth in hits, eleventh in <clears> runs, <throat> fifth in doubles, second in total bases. Do I think he should be a all? Uh, Unanimous? Yeah. Do I think he will? No. I don't think Rivera should be uh, should have been unanimous. Isn't it ironic that it's been so tough for relief pitchers to get in the Hall of Fame, and the first ever unanimous vote a was for a relief yeah. pitcher? Yeah. See, I don't think he should have been unanimous. In two thousand twenty nine, Miguel Cabrera. Will be on the ballot. Unanimous? He's not a unanimous. Triple crown winner. The only triple crown winner in the last half century. Didn't Albert win his triple crown? No. Clayton Kershaw. And he's still playing. But as of now, he has the lowest career ERA of any pitcher who played in the live ball era since 1920. Regular season. You don't think he should be unanimous, do you? Kershaw? Yeah. Who, who would not vote for No, Cl- that's, what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. Do you think he would be unanimous? I don't know that any of those guys are going to be unanimous. I don't, they won't. They won't. There's going to be one or two old guard guys that mail in their ballot with A-Rod and, and, Man- it could be and just, Manny. They could be uh, leave, left off the ballot just because the guy didn't like their attitude. Just because they did interviewed him one time or something that Got smart with them or cut them off. Or th- that could be how many guys have not voted for somebody because of their personality. That's why Enos Slaughter couldn't get in for years and years. Enos Slaughter was one of the roughest, toughest guy to interview you've ever seen in your life. Critical of everybody. that, it, that Nobody knew the game like him, everything. And his attitude, he hated sports writers. You know, it, so, yeah, it affected him ever getting in, and I didn't know if he'd ever get in. And then Bob Gibson, first ballot Hall of Famer. But if you look back, Bob Gibson had a lot of trouble with sports writers, broadcasters, stuff like that. He he didn't he did no patience being interviewed. And Bob Gibson, believe it or not, is, he's a friend of mine. I got to know him very well. He followed the Capos 
pretty well, not probably 90% of the games for a year or two. And But some guys don't vote for people that they don't get along with. Perfect that, example. See, that's, that's the sin. It shouldn't come down to your personality against somebody else's personality to wage a vote on his athletic ability. I mean, I had plenty of players on my team that I didn't like as far as their moral character or their, you know, the style of living. But they were the best athletes that I had. So they went right out on the field and played. you got to separate your feelings towards, emotional feelings towards any athlete or whatever, if you're going, if that's going to dictate you to shortchange him on what he actually does on the field. and there, But there was a lot of guys that did not get votes because of that. Perfect example. 1995, Albert Bell, who hated the media and they didn't like him. He was just a grumpy individual. But he was a great hitter. Oh, yeah. And in 1995, Jess, he became the first player since Babe Ruth to have 50 homers and 50 doubles in a season. 690 slug, led the major leagues, led the major leagues in home runs, RBIs, doubles, runs scored, total bases. Finished second in the MVP voting <coughs> to Mo Vaughn. Sorry. Only one reason Albert Bell did not win the 1995 Most Valuable Player Award, and it's because the voters didn't like him. Yeah. Albert Bell is one of them I mentioned here two or three weeks ago as the game slowed down for some hitters. What I mean by that is they they got the same swing against Nolan Ryan that they would have against Tom Glavin. Uh, Nobody looked like they could overpower Albert Bell or Albert Pujols or people like that. It just... It, fastball, you'd see it during the game, guys just simply get overpowered. They're swinging late. Only thing you can do is foul off a pitch or so. You know, the pitcher's dominant. But when those guys walk up there, the game slowed down for them. And Albert Bell was one of them, I thought. And his career was just too short to be considered for the Hall of Fame. He only played 12 years, injuries. and Yeah. Uh, but he was great in his prime in that 95 season. It is a crime that he was not the most valuable player of the American League. Mo Vaughn had a nice year. Mo Vaughn, the media loved Mo Vaughn when he was a Red Sox. He wasn't the MVP in 95, sorry. And I will debate that with anybody. Albert Bell's year was phenomenal. Okay, Jess. Hello to the uh, the lovely and talented uh, Dawn Sean. She's got a uh, day off today. So we're going to have some lunch, and, uh, you know, this will be our last huddle of the week because we're le- we leave tomorrow morning for a uh, long road trip with SEMO. And so hope Don Sean has a wonderful day. And, of course, you know what today is. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? 
It's hump day. All right. That means <clears throat> Wednesday wisdom and I'm presuming new material. Yeah, I got new material. All right. For sure. Uh, hi to my girls, too, down in Texas, Columbia. We're all going to get together here next week and enjoy a few days together. My boys running around here. Um, my little sister, Geneva. I'm going to ask you a question. If you get this answer, if you know it, I'm going to take two milkshakes off of Andy's that you owe me. Turophobia is the fear of what? T-U-R-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. Turophobia. Turophobia? Yeah. Fear of flying. It's the fear of cheese. <laughs> fear of cheese, and that's in the book you uh, uh, that you gave me. You ever met anybody who was scared of cheese? <laughs> Not that I recall. Now, if you're lactose intolerant, I could maybe. <laughs> How about this one? We missed 10%, that's all of us, of everything we see due to blinking. Well, so if somebody doesn't blink a lot, I guess they're smarter or they see more. 10%, that's quite a bit. Mm. I'm going to slow down on my blink. Yeah, you need to slow it down. <laughs> that's all I got. That's it? It's that's, a wrap? Yeah. That's a wrap. Get out of here. Close right. the doors. All right. Uh, Jess will be uh, off tomorrow and Friday. Uh, we'll reconvene on Monday. Does that work? Yeah. Good luck to Red Hawks. All right. Stay tuned. Greeny is coming up next. Have a great Wednesday, everybody.